Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to an all new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. It's Corey Richmond joined by Jason Brooks. Jason, the Super Bowl is in the rearview mirror. We're on the road to WrestleMania, and the Forbidden Door apparently is wide open, and it's known as Tony Khan. Uh, Jay, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. A lot of stuff going on in wrestling and looking forward to talking about it with you. Yeah, I mean, it has been every week something new happens and we go, huh, did not expect that. I mean, you mostly won't get a chance to talk about it, but, you know, just off the top, congratulations, Leo Rush, on winning the AAA um, Cruiserweight Championship. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about MLW, a lot of other stuff. But, uh, Jay, I guess we should start off with... uh, WWE and the good, the bad, and the ugly. Do you want to start with the good, the bad, or the ugly? Because uh, the ugly we know will be Monday Night Raw, and the good will mostly be NXT or uh, some guy named Roman Reigns and his great promos on SmackDown. Yeah, wherever you want to start, brother. I'm I'm ready. All right, we'll, we'll we'll do the we'll do the ugly, so we'll get that out of the way, so we can you know clean the palate with you know one of your delicious beers as we go along, uh, which we'll find out what it is you know a little later on in the show. But uh, Jay, we found out that we got a little bit of payoff of Talking Smack this past week where uh, we had a really good segment with Paul Heyman and Adam Pierce, where Paul Heyman said, you know what, you better give us a main event for the Elimination Chamber or your job could be in jeopardy. And we got a payoff, which uh, a lot of times WWE don't. So we'll get into the Talking Smack segment in a little while, but we found out our main event for Elimination Chamber. We've got a bunch of 40-year-old dudes and a 35-year-old and Drew McIntyre for the main event. Uh, What's your thoughts on not going with Sheamus right away on the one-on-one match? I mean, it presents some intrigue because, you know, anything could happen. You know, it'd be a really easy way for kind of Drew to lose without looking bad. Um, so there's, you know, there's different ways they can play it. So if you want to give it, give Drew an out for losing the title, this would kind of be it, right? But Ah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, it's not a very inspiring group. Um, AJ, who had a title shot. Sheamus, who they did this slow build and then just one night just bro kicked him and now he's ready for the title shot. And still, he hasn't explained. They do a three-hour show every week, no? And he hasn't explained why he turned on him. Uh, when Drew accurately says, hey, you could have just asked for a title shot. Um and so, you know, you have Jeff Hardy, who, I mean, when's the last time he won a match? And you have The Miz, who can't, who can barely win handicap matches. So I don't know any of these people um, and how they're going to look good enough to win a title. I guess Sheamus would be the one guy who you could see maybe winning the title, but I can't see anybody else winning. Uh, so, yeah, it's a pretty uninspiring group. And why do they do the gimmick of former champion? Who cares? Put put Damian Priest in there, put Keith Lee, put Matt Riddle, you know, have it be guys never in the Elimination Chamber. It, it, they take so long to build these guys up, and then they're like 50 by the time they get a push. It's, uh, anyway, yeah, so I, I think it should be a fun, you know, it'll be a good match, obviously, um, and maybe Sheamus can win, but I don't know that we'll see any crazy surprises. Yeah, I, I think that's a major problem we have right now where, we kind of know where everything is going. I mean, as you know, being the smart marks and, you know, looking at the dirt sheets and everything else and just common sense on knowing what sells and knowing that 
you know, a guy like Roman Reigns is the star of the company and he's more than likely going to face Edge. We know that that part of the main event is secure and he's not facing, you know, Finn Balor or, you know, Pete Dunne. We're kind of, we know that the Raw side is going to have the Elimination Chamber. We're mostly sticking with another formula there. Just like, like you said, they're not really doing anything reinventing the wheel here. And, you know, safe is sometimes the right way to go. You know, the old idea of, you know, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. But sometimes too simple is just, you know, doesn't bring money in. You know, and I understand you don't have audiences until WrestleMania. But the idea that you're not taking any chances. I think the idea of putting Damian Priest in that match. I know you were just throwing out, you know, the young name guys under, you know, 35. Actually, I think Damian Priest might actually be over 35. But younger guys who haven't had that spot yet. Like you give you wait a little bit longer on Damian Priest, but the other guys you said like a Keith Lee or maybe a Bobby Lashley or guys who you haven't had in the main. Hey event. Corey, what what's gonna what is it gonna hurt to put these guys in? What's it gonna hurt? Oh no, I don't disagree with you on that, but you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Where I think I put on at Work Shoot Pod our Twitter account where you could follow us during the week, get more you know stuff just when you're not in you know at our Wrestling Life group on Facebook that. He's the youngest, Drew McIntyre is the youngest guy in this match at 35. You know, this isn't super intriguing booking. And we found out, you know, earlier that, you know, Braun Strowman was out because he had, you know, I think it was a blood disease or something. I forgot the exact thing was. I'll take a look, you know, try to take a quick look, you know, we have a free second. But the guys that are in this main event picture right now, it's just like paint by numbers. And you don't want to take any chances when you have on the other end of the spectrum, we'll talk in a few minutes on SmackDown where they're doing something fresh. I mean, the idea of another month of possibly Kevin Owens and Randy and uh, Roman Reigns, they've been good matches, but I don't want to see that again, but you know that you have something new and fresh coming down the pike in Roman Reigns versus Edge. But right now, you just feel like you're holding off the inevitable of Sheamus or a returning guy like a Brock Lesnar, which I don't know if that's the right answer, but it just feels like Drew McIntyre doesn't have the right opponents. We can get it to hold it for discussion, maybe a different day on the fact that as part of the writing team or as there's, a- there's no one on raw. There's no one on raw who should be winning that title over him. Yeah. They haven't built anybody, anybody up. And apparently, and so Sherman had a blood infection. So blood infection. yeah. So sounds like he's doing okay though, which is good. So, I mean, you know, it, it comes down to the idea of have they really pushed anybody to the level where it's believable of them winning. I mean, could he have a really good match at Mania against AJ? Absolutely. Could he have a good match against, you know, um, Sheamus at Mania? Absolutely. But are these matches something that you really want to see? I mean, before we went on the air, I brought up, you know, an idea that's never going to happen. But, you know, for the first time in, it's got to be like two years, and people can correct us. But, you know, for the first time on NXT, which we'll talk in more in depth as the show goes along, Undisputed Era is nowhere on the card. You know, usually when somebody's not on the card, you go, could they be getting the call-up? But, you know, a fresh match, like I said, won't happen. But if you can build Adam Cole in 55 days or however long for WrestleMania to be the number one contender. Corey, he's too small. He's too small. Even though Shawn Michaels, HBK, Daniel Bryan, you know, all these guys over the years, but he's too small. Get, Get out of here. But... Yeah, I, I mean, the idea of Adam Cole against Drew McIntyre, I think, would be interesting. There's a lot of different ways, but and, and again, we'll get into this more as time goes on, but I, I, I'm going to make a prediction. I do not think there is anybody 
on that Raw roster that is challenging for the world title at WrestleMania. I think Drew McIntyre keeps it, but I think you go against someone who's not a you know not a current full timer on Raw right now. I think there's no way. Who would who would you do? So that's my prediction. We'll see if it comes true. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're mostly right. I mean, if I had my choice, and if it's not somebody from the Undisputed Era, I think you should. I think somebody from SmackDown should go over there. I mean, I I think they. I know he doesn't have a chance, but I would. I would do a Cesaro, a Nakamura, or a Daniel Bryan. Three guys who have really been built well on that SmackDown uh, mid-card that I think would be really good fresh matchups for Drew McIntyre. And you would have a really good match on either night one or night two because you would think that one night you're going to have the world title, other night you're going to have the uh, universal title. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, we got a lot of time until then to really to really dive to keep diving deep in, but um, yeah, I, I think, and, and we know the show's next week, so we'll talk about our predictions then, but I certainly think we're going to see some kind of part-timer challenging for the title here. So uh, Jay, before we move on, how's your hole doing? Oh my God. I mean, I, you know, I don't know how Nia Jax, and listen, I don't ever want someone to lose their job. Uh, I'm not advocating for people to you know lose income, especially during the pandemic and whatever. But as she is fucking terrible. Like she's terrible. Um, I, I I just I that match turned into a complete comedy match. It was supposed to be this. First of all, they didn't advertise, but it was supposed to be this culmination of a of a build because of all the times that Lana got thrown through the table and she was going to get her revenge. But it just turned into basically a comedy spot with Nia Jax. It was, I mean, why Lana's out there every week? And we were talking before the show, and we were talking about women who could maybe challenge for the uh, Elimination Chamber on SmackDown. And I brought up Nikki Cross, and you're like, Nikki Cross isn't on SmackDown. I was like, what? I know, yeah, I knew she had a one match with with Cross, but I, I thought that was like a, I didn't realize she was on Raw. And the fact that we have Lana out there every week who can barely wrestle god bless her and nia Jax, who hurts people and you have nikki cross who i one of the best wrestlers on the main rot women's wrestlers on the main roster doesn't get a shot like like what's going on yeah i mean we well we, we all know the fact that she's uh she's different than every other every girl every other girl we know that by listening to her music you know she's not like most girls aka she's a relative of the rock so she's gonna get opportunities that no one else does but i mean at some point she's got to go back to the performance center if you're going to go and retrain keith lee and others had to you know be big men and work a big man style just because you know you you don't want to be you know have the idea of the anti-bullying and all the different things for people online who made fun of her and different things maybe she should be someone who goes back down after all this time and has to go and you know, get retrained. I mean, it's we're not trying to be mean at this point, but she's hurt a lot of people. No, it's not about it's not about retraining. I mean, quite, she's been a professional wrestler for for years. It's not about retraining. What what she did with the my whole thing and whatever that she just she's making it up as she goes along. Sure. It's not about like retraining. I mean, what are we going to retrain on? Don't make it look like a complete like Art. complete bullshit. You know, I, I yeah, I, I don't. I don't I don't think that that's that that's really the 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 problem for me. 
Um, she just not, she's just not great. And I, I, I think, and I don't want to say she's lazy because I also hate pinning that on people, especially people who are darker skin. We do that thing where they're lazy or they don't work as hard, whatever. So I, I kind of hate doing that too, but she seems like she's not giving her best effort all the time. Like she's half-assing it, it seems like sometimes. So I, I you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to talk about Nia Jackson. Well, let's move on and talk about something else, but all right, um, so it, she's, she's just, she's terrible. All right, so let's get to the good of WWE. And that's, uh, let's talk a little SmackDown. So as we say every week, because our show is usually on Thursday, we don't usually get to, we usually kind of forget about the Friday product, but the Friday product is really, really good most weeks. And it continues to be with a triple threat with Big E and um, Sami Zayn and Apollo Crews this past week. Did I get that? Wait, was it Apollo yep, Crews? Nope, yep, yep, you got uh, it right. I almost forgot that there. They had a really good three-way um, setting up that undercard. You had another good match between Cesaro and Daniel Bryant. And then, of course, you had uh, the segments with Roman Reigns and setting up, which we know more than likely would be the main event for WrestleMania on the men's side with Edge versus Roman Reigns. Jay, I'm going to let you take the floor here. Roman Reigns just continues, post him coming back from his time off for, you know, taking for health reasons when it came to the pandemic and missing WrestleMania this past year. He's come back as more than likely the best promo in the business in a main event role. And he just continues to impress week after week. And the idea of, I don't know if he was watching, you know, the final season of Breaking Bad and Heisenberg saying, you know, call me by your, you know, what's my name, you know, put respect on it. But the, another promo of just saying, you know, I'm the best here. Show me the respect I deserve. And he just had another, you know, knockaway promo. I mean, he's the best, he's the best heel in professional wrestling. Uh, and I don't think it's even close. So, and you guys can debate me on Wrestle Life. You can talk to me on Twitter at work shoot pod, uh, Instagram at work shoot pod as well. Uh, he's the best heel in pro wrestling. Um, and so, I mean, it's not even close. And again, it's two different shows, SmackDown and Raw. It's like, and I, and I think a lot of that is also, you look at the storylines with SmackDown and you have Daniel Bryan who controls his own storyline. So what's he doing? He's putting people over, right? Um, also part of this is Shajara might be signing a new contract. So I think that's also why they're giving him some wins as well. That's the, uh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why he's getting wins. And then a year from now, he'll be released. But um, at least they're giving him some wins. But Brian has control over that. Right. Daniel Bryan, like wants to push guys. Uh, Reigns, he has I think he has pretty much control over his character. And him and Heyman are the ones. And it's and Corey, that's what we're talking about. When a pro wrestler has control over what they're doing, especially veterans. I know younger, younger guys, it's hard but especially veterans who have been in the business for a while, you know, Reigns was on some interview that I listened to last week or a couple of weeks ago where he's like, he goes home and he obsesses about his character and how to make it better and how to improve it. And I always feel like he's been a guy who's worked hard and, and been driven. And I, I, everyone talks about that, but um, that's harder to do as a baby face, right? Like as baby face is just like, you're just a nice guy. And, you're for the fans or whatever. Like, I don't think he had that part figured out, but as a heel, he really, really has his stuff figured out and he's been tremendous. So, and Owens on the other side has been phenomenal. Another guy 
these promos that Owens have, I mean, no one's writing them for him. He's talking about his granddad. He's talking about these personal things. I'm sure he's getting help, obviously. He's not probably doing them completely on, on his own. But it, a lot of it is it's his words. You can tell when he's talking, it's his words. And we can tell when you watch Miz on Morrison and someone writing some goofy shit for them who doesn't know anything about comedy. And the, the stark difference between the shows is, is absolutely incredible. And it's not because it's two hours and three hours. Stop with that bullshit. I hate when people say that. That's not the reason. The reason is, is because it's a show that's written to be a little bit more realistic, to feel a little bit more like, um, you know, it's just, it's just a much better written wrestling show. And um, Reigns is, I mean, Reigns is the biggest part of that. He, he is absolutely the biggest part of it. And, you know, he is, he is turning into the rock. Like, this is what they've wanted. This is what the WWE's wanted for all this time. And they shoved them down our throats and shoved them down our throats. And we just was like, Roman Reigns, he's a nice guy, whatever. Now he's kind of taking over. Now he's becoming who we have all thought he the WWE wanted him to be. He's becoming what the WWE's been trying to shove down our throats all this time. He's been having tremendous matches in the ring. His chemistry with Owens has been great. I know there was the handcuff thing, but his matches have been great uh, for the most part. His promos have been off the charts, off the charts. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really, um, you know, SmackDown's definitely a much better show to watch. I wish they would just switch it because sometimes Friday nights, like I'm just not into it. Like I'm just not. And so I wish SmackDown was like switch place with Raw, so I knew I would watch every single thing. Because sometimes SmackDown, I miss a thing or two. But um, yeah, no, it's it, it's been a much much better show than Raw, and it's been solid. I wouldn't say it's been like a great great show, but it's absolutely been a solid show. And Reigns is the biggest part of that. Yeah, I would agree with you. Like I said, it's it's by far the much better of the two shows of the main quote unquote main roster every week, and it's just a shame the fact that. I think a lot of a lot of people forget about the show because it's at the end of the week, and I know that basically based on scheduling and a lot of the way of things that happened when Fox took over, it had it was that's where they had to fit it in their in their lineup that had to go to Friday. But if this if this show was on Tuesday or Wednesday, well, if it was on Wednesday, would be a lot more things going on. But I mean, this show was on on Tuesday or Thursday. I think a lot more people would be talking about it you know, at a higher level. I mean, I know that the rain stuff does get the pub, but I think a lot of times, a lot of the stuff that happens, like with Bianca Belair and Sasha and Bailey, sometimes gets forgotten about because it happens at like the end of the week. Yeah, but I think they put enough content out there. They let you know what's going on and the ratings are good. So, and they're on a major network too. So, you know, uh, Raw is on, you know, USA. So I, you know, I, 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 I hear what you're saying, but I, I think the fact that they're on a major network, um, you know, I, I think that kind of squashes, kind of can't, they kind of cancel each other out, um, I would say. And, you know, otherwise, like I said, I think SmackDown was a good show. I think everything worked pretty well. And I kind of like the idea that we don't know right away. I mean, we do know, I think we have a good idea where we're going with both of these Royal Rumble winners. I think we, we're pretty sure that it's going to be Sasha versus uh, Bianca Belair as well. But I like the fact that they did the same thing this week where they had Sasha 
come on to Raw as well and, you know, at least, you know, have a little bit of interaction with Asuka. So I think that, I think we all know who she's picking, but at least at least they put a little bit of doubt and don't love the idea that, you know, we're getting Asuka versus Lacey Evans. But, you know, I think we at least put some chess pieces on the table of, yeah. not saying, all right, obvious, this is where we're going. Yeah, she's a, we need to get, we need to have an opponent, right? Like we need to just have an opponent for her. And Lacey Evans is that. And, you know, Lacey Evans, not for nothing. You know, she's not my favorite, but she has improved in the ring. Um, I very much enjoy her finisher there, the, the um, moonsault. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy her. I think she's improved. I mean, listen, if we could see Lana against Asuka, we sure as shit can see Lacey Evans against Asuka. So, um, yeah, we'll kind of see what happens there. But, yeah, no, Bianca Belair, I think, against Sasha is where we're going. But, again, and this is something we could talk about way down the line, but what do they do with Asuka's opponent at WrestleMania? You know, so and that, that's something. Let's just leave it out there in the universe and we can come back to it. But I think it's an interesting thing. If you guys have any um, uh, different takes on the wrestle life, uh, let us know. But, yeah, who does Asuka face at the WrestleMania? Free Ripley. I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> I think we all know it's Charlotte, but uh, we'll move on to uh, more things. We'll talk about it next week. But, uh, Jay, uh, quickly on Tuesday, they set up, you know, the uh, Impact uh, Plus show this weekend. We've got Tommy Dreamer on his 50th birthday facing Rich Swan. I know you wanted to quickly just uh, for a second. I believe you enjoyed the uh, final promo uh, that ended that show. Just want to talk about that for two seconds. Yeah, no, I, not not really much to say. I just, I enjoyed it. I encourage everyone, if you do have impact, to go watch it. I know they don't put their shows on YouTube, which is, a, to me, a humongous mistake, just a ridiculous mistake. Um, and I think it really hurts their show as well. Same thing with Ring of Honor, not putting their shows on YouTube. I, I think it really hurts their show. It hurts their uh, viewership, things like that. Um, so, but yeah, no, it was a good, good it's just a good segment. Um, you know, Obviously, Dreamer's not going to win a title. He has no chance. Um, but they just made it seem like a great story of this. If you're ever going to have a match where you know the one guy has literally no chance to win, but you 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 want to watch the match anyway, that's what they did. That's the type of promo they told. And they had Moose involved. And um, yeah, I thought it was really, really good stuff. And uh, we'll see what happens at No Surrender. I obviously expect Rich Swan to win, but... We'll see how it works. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I thought it was a well-done segment setting up the future with the Rich Swan Moose match, most likely in March before the uh, April pay-per-view, which will most likely have the AW Kenny Omega uh, match with whoever the champion is, which we'll talk about going down the line. And also on that show, we got Private Party, who's also part of uh, AW in the three-way now, going up against... Um, Anderson and Gallows and uh, James Storm and Chris Saban, which is a weird tag team, but uh, I'm guessing that they'll keep the titles on uh, Gallows and Anderson. And also on that show, you've got the return of uh, at least pay-per-view action, Trey Miguel. So on paper, it looks like a nice little show on Saturday night, which I don't know if either one of us will get a chance to see, but we'll talk about the results uh, next week. Yeah, and I don't, I don't expect to see any title changes. So I don't think it's a show where things will change. But sometimes they try to get cute in these plus, Impact Plus shows because uh, to say it's like uh, the old school like title changes on house shows, right? It's like, 
you know, you, you, you never know what you're going to miss. So you, you got to keep uh, coming to the house shows. You never know what you're going to miss in an impact plus. So you got to keep ordering it. So maybe they'll give us a, give us something here, but um, I don't expect to see any title changes. Yeah, maybe it'll be a good show and word of mouth. Maybe people will order it, you know, on the replay. But uh, Jay, this is our favorite time of the week, uh, the Wednesday Night Wars. I mean, with everything going on, the ratings haven't been great. Uh, it was the beginning of the impeachment hearings part two. So in the 18 to 49 key demographic, the first 20 items except for MTV's um, former show that Leo Rush was on, the competition. The challenge. The challenge, thank you. Uh, Jackie Endy in our chat from uh, the great sister podcast of us, uh, You Don't Know Jackie, will most likely quickly uh, let us know that we got that wrong. Well, you got it right, thank you for correcting me. Uh, but uh, that was, I believe, like number three or four, but besides that, everything else was news related. But uh, Jay, before we get into a deep dive, which one did you think was uh, the better show this week? I thought I mean, both of those were really good. NXT. I mean, NXT, most weeks NXT is going to be better. I thought it was a really good show. Um, really enjoyed the tag matches. Um, enjoyed the segments. I thought it was a, a they did a very good job of, of previewing the, the pay-per-view t- uh, takeover. I love the Gargano segments. Um, yeah, I thought it was just a very enjoyable show to watch. It, it flowed well. Um, yeah, I thought it was a tremendous. I thought it was a tremendous. I think it was one of the their better. Well, they, they 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 keep having good shows, but I thought this was a really really good show. Yeah. I, and I and I thought AEW was solid too. I, I didn't think AEW was. I think this was one of AEW's. You know, they had Beach Bat, uh, but they had that Battle Royal, which I didn't love. Um, beach break, right? So I, I would say that I thought this show from AW was better than last week's show. Um, you know, they had that, that horrible wedding. So yeah, I'd say that both shows were actually really, really solid. NXT, I'd give a slight nod, but you know, I'm an NXT mark, so don't judge, don't, you know, whatever. Now, the only thing I would ask uh, when it comes to, and we'll start with NXT, uh, do you think there might have been a little bit too much comedy on this show? I mean, I enjoyed the comedy. With, and when it's done well, I have no problem with it. Like I thought the uh, stuff with Grimes, I thought was funny. I thought the stuff with um, the the way I thought was funny. But do you think? Yeah, but I think, but I think the comedy thing with Gargano, the thing with Grimes is just whatever, silly. But the thing with Gargano was funny, but it also put Kushida over at the same time, right? If you're faking an injury, you're scared of your opponent, which puts him over. So. Um, I, the Cameron Grimes thing aside, I thought the Gargano thing was really, really well done, and I really that's enjoyed it. That's all. I, that's what to make sure. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I thought it was. I thought it was okay. I didn't. I didn't mind. And you know, I mean, if you watch Impact, man, they do a lot of comedy. Oh and no, man, and man, it's not good. <laughs> um, so I, I like a little comedy that actually is funny. So no, I thought it was. I thought it was solid. Uh, do you think, and we'll, I guess we could talk a little bit about the preview now for the show in a way, but uh, do you think that MSK, um, the former Rascals, do you think they're going to win this uh, this tournament, especially the fact that you have heel champions, or do you think that Grizzly Young Veterans being in the finals last year, it's it's their time, or I think it's kind I, of awesome? I really think the Grizzled Young Veterans should win it. Um I, I think they should win it. And I, I love MSK and their match against uh, uh, Laganos de Fantasma. They need to give those guys a run too. They are, they are terrific. 
that 450 off the other person's body from Joaquin Wild, you do forget how good some of these. I mean, the wrestling now is just, I mean, these guys are not, I, the wrestling now is just absolutely outrageous. I mean, Raul Mendoza is so underrated and wild, but um, yeah, and you can do a heel versus heel match. I mean, they're doing that next week, right, with uh, Karen Cross and Santos Escobar. So um, I, I think you could do it and it would be fine um, because the Grizzled Young Veterans are heels, but they also just come out and make fun of everybody. So they would just come out and make fun of Danny Birch um, and Oni Larkin. So I think you could do it and it would be fine. But I, I, my one criticism is I don't still don't know what the fuck MSK is. Like, I still would like them to have these guys' personalities, do some backstage vignettes with them. And they're usually really good at that. But I think they want to get their talent over, and which I totally understand, too. But now we're getting their talent over a little bit. Let's see, you know, maybe that's what they're going to do. Maybe, you know, they'll lose the match or maybe they'll win. And that's when you start putting over these guys' personalities and that they're kind of goofballs and potheads and whatever, but that they're good guys. Um, obviously, vague references to marijuana, but you know what I mean. Oh, um, you're not watching 20-minute segments of The Bump with, with Caleb Braxton uh, every week? Because apparently they were on there for like 20 minutes uh no, no. Although I would like to see, I like to see Caleb Braxton doing anything, but um, the bump is not a show that I'm particularly fond of. Um, but yeah, so I'd like to see them do more with MSK, do some vignettes and, and, you know, see how kind of that goes, but um, good for them. I think it'll be a great match. I'm really excited. I think they're going to give them a lot of time and I think it's going to be a really, really fantastic match. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think that they're doing a lot of things right right now. But I still think that, and I think I brought this up last week, one of the major differences between these two Wednesday shows is you, you could definitely say that besides, like, the main event a lot of weeks when you have, you know, the best wrestler, one of the best wrestlers of the world in there every week, and, you know, Kenny Omega, it doesn't feel like a lot of things on the show feel special. It just feels like wrestling match, wrestling match, segment which could be a little funny Wait, Quinn, they don't have we've talked about this every week they don't have this they don't have the stars they don't have jericho they don't have moxley they don't have omega they don't have cody Rhodes. what is aw's formula every week you're gonna see jericho every week you're gonna see cody every week you're gonna see the bucks you know every week you're gonna see omega that's their formula every week and they've almost locked in on that formula more than they have in the past and they work, and then everybody else kind of works around it, right? Uh, and they they maneuver people around those guys. The acclaim, top flight, you know, got a shot at, against the young bucks. Cody, they want to put Peter Avalon out there every week now, I guess, against them. They're trying to elevate Lee Johnson based off of Cody, you know. So they have kind of the same formula, and it's a formula that I think has a chance to be successful. Um, so yeah, I, I, I you know, it makes sense why they're doing what they're doing. Um, but they have stars. I mean, NXT just doesn't have anybody. They just don't have guys like that. They, they don't. I love Adam Cole. I love some of the guys that they have. But, you know, Adam Cole is not Chris Jericho. So, and that's okay. Um, and, and, I, and I would rather NXT do this. Like the Zia Lee segment, I thought was great. I really enjoy the Zia Lee thing. She's turning into a badass. Uh, you know, now you have um, uh, Casey 
Casey and Caden Carter involved, and I'm sure that's going to be a feud. I mean, you know, they're so I, I, they're two different shows. I, I don't think you could say what's a better show, whatever. Sometimes, um, I think AW does too much. I think that's AW's biggest problem. But like, they're they can't have a show as good. They can't have a show with as much star power. NXT can't. They just can't. So, it's yeah, it's gonna be like, what's a bigger deal? There's a chance the Bullet Club's gonna reunite. There's NXT can't compete with that. There's nothing they can do to compete with that unless Okada comes on the show next week. So to me, it's not really a comparison, and the, and the ratings reflect that, right? They AEW wins every week. So um, you know, I I don't know that's a, a really true comparison in terms of what show's gonna be the higher rated show. I mean. NXT is a better show, but I watch AEW first. You know, so that that tells you all you need to know because I need to know what's going to happen with Kenta, what's going to happen with the Bullet Club, what's going to happen with Stupid Shack. You know, what's going to happen with Sting out there every week? Apparently now, um, so so that's you know that's really where where it kind of comes down to for me. But um, as far as a, me being a pure wrestling fan from watching wrestling since I was six years old. I mean, NXT is the better show without a question. We'll agree to disagree on that most weeks. But uh, so you think AW is better most weeks? Absolutely. Oh, I, I mean, no way. No way. But all right, go ahead. All right. So let's, uh, unless there's more you want to talk about before, because we'll get into the preview, the actual show in a few minutes, unless there's something else from NXT that you want to get into, we'll get into uh, AW and, you know, the better show. But, um, was there anything from NXT you wanted to? Uh... No, apparently you don't watch me when I'm on camera, and I and I and I say to keep to move on to the next subject. But Sorry. yes, that, that is <laughs> that is no, that's fine. I'm I'm just messing with you. No, we can move on and talk about AEW. NXT NXT was very good. And again, you guys on Russell Life, if you want to give your thoughts or whatever. But again, it's it's hard. I mean, they don't have as much as I complain about Chris Jericho wrestling every week. He's Chris fucking Jericho. Like it's. You just can't can't compete with that, you know. Um, so, I mean, think about when Jericho came back with the Kevin Owens stuff and the list and the pop he got on Raw. Corey, he was the biggest. He had the biggest pops on Raw out of anybody. This is on Monday Night Raw every Monday night, uh, which gets three, you know, two point five million people every week. No, not anymore. <laughs> no, not not anymore. Right? NXT has no one who can compete with that. Um, and it's not their fault. They, they, they're not in that kind of competition. So sure. Let, let's talk uh, about AEW. The AEW. Let's, uh, let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly there. Let's, let's be fair. Uh, I'll, off the top, I'll be the first one to admit, I thought that the uh, Joey Janela-Darby Allen match was going to be a total shit show. I'm going to give Joey, Joey uh, Janela praise for maybe the first time in history. I actually thought Joey Janela actually had a good wrestling match for the first time ever. But him and Allen actually work uh, really well together. You know, usually their matches are just, you know, them trying to kill each other. I thought they actually worked well. Um, I really enjoyed the main event. I felt Kenta looked like a star. Um, I thought the Thunder Rosa. Did he? What do you mean looked like a, did he? he? He wasn't the last person to win the match. He was completely overshadowed by the good brothers coming out there. They barely showed him at the end. What do you mean he looked like a star? What are you I talking about? dive that he did putting uh yeah i mean he he had some good spots but what do you mean look like a star they barely mentioned him and he wasn't even there at the end i think that for the three years that he was in nxt 
you know, where he basically was just another person. I know he was always hurt when he was. He was hurt a lot in NXT. That's not a, that's not the same. That's not the same comparison. It's a different comparison. He was hurt all the time in NXT. And then but they it, were gonna get. And then they were give, Then they were gonna give him the push when he did the GTS and he got hurt again. In San, in San Jose at WrestleMania weekend. That's not. What are we comparing about here? He looked like a star because he did two. He did two moves. Come on, Corey. Get out of here. They they did a good job of highlighting him and Moxley. He did not look like a star. He looked like a guy in the match. They didn't make anyone look like a star. It was a freaking brawl. And then the Good Brothers came out, and it was madness. They didn't make any. They didn't make him look like a star. I completely disagree with you. He didn't look like a joke. Like he looked like for majority of the time he was, you know. Uh, we're not. I don't want to talk about. It. He had, he had injuries there. I, I I think it was a different. A different, I, was, I, I think it was a different kind of. I think it was a different kind of kind of thing there. Um, but I also but, thought they made Lance Archer look really good in that match where it took three people to basically take him out. I mean, you could. Yeah. Now him. that I agree, that I agree with Lance Archer looked. They made Lance Archer look when Omega they had to pick him up. I agree with you hundred percent there. They made they made Lance Archer look like a badass and look like a guy who could possibly be the next contender because Lance Archer could say it took three of you to beat me. So I can beat you, you know, but one-on-one. So maybe, maybe Lance Archer, I know eventually we're going to get Moxley. I, I, you know, I don't know how they're going to, when they're going to do that, I guess revolution. Um, but I'd be, I, I think they could do Lance Archer against Omega as a main event. And I think that'd be a good match. Yeah. And, you know, I thought the uh, Thunder Rosa, Leah Hirsch match was really good, but I do have a couple of complaints though. I mean, and I'm not the first one to say this though. Can we for once not have the the uh, your one woman's match every week in the death segment of you know nine thirty when you have to have half your match in a picture in picture during a com- you know during a commercial break? I mean, I understand that maybe you want to say this is your women's matches are so good that people are not going to turn away during picture picture. But you know what? I don't believe that most people, especially if NXT has other stuff not on during a commercial, are are going to stay. When they have to watch a half a screen, Jay, you may totally agree disagree with me. This is a nitpick, but when every single week you have a women's match on at that time spot, and you can't put another match. I mean, the inner circle versus you know, um, which I, I mean I thought was a good match, you know, versus Bowens and Caster, but you you have to go. You couldn't put that during picture. Corey, picture. come on, every week you know how they feel about the women's division. It's a joke. The women's division's a joke there. I, and I know they're trying, and they're, they're showing some improvements. They consider women's division mostly a joke. And until they get some stars in there, um, look at the way they're promoting Jay Cargill. The woman, I don't know if she can wrestle uh, better than Troy the Dog, but they hype her up. But Layla Hirsch, who's from Moscow or New Jersey or wherever the fuck she's from, can we hear her talk? She's pretty decent in the ring. She's got some potential. Why is she not talking? Why don't they do vignettes with her? I don't even, I've never, heard, I don't know if the woman is Russian, American. I don't know what she is. Can we hear her talk? Can we get a little personality from her? I, yeah, it's, 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 you know, that, that's how they treat the women's division. And until things change, that's how it's going to be. Look at how the women are, 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 are in NXT. Look at how they're profiling, they're profiling NXT like stars. An AW, it's like, oh, we gotta have a women's match. Oh, I forgot, you know. So, 
Yeah, I mean, that type of stuff doesn't surprise me. In terms of the picture-in-picture thing, I didn't think about that. that that's a good point, though. But like I said, every single week at the 930, uh, 9.30, 9.35, every single week, they go to a commercial break, picture-in-picture, and it's always during a women's match. And like I said, you want to say that all the horny men of the 18 to 49 group are going to stick around and, you know, squint their eye for in between, you know, a Snowpiercer promo and, you know, seeing what's going on if there's a nip slip during a women's match during half a picture in picture. I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about, I don't want to, let's, let's move on. I don't want to talk about nip slips. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I think it's, I think just even mentioning that stuff's disrespectful to the women, to be honest. You understand what I'm saying, though, the idea of what's going on in regards to can we please have full matches not have to go to commercial breaks Corey, I they don't even need to do matches they can have a, a dynamite where they don't have a woman's match but have three vignettes have three backstage promos highlight some of these women's personalities oh, no, I they have, they have, Corey, there's a there's a, a they're having matches on Monday that they're gonna they're, that they're gonna show on Monday on YouTube I don't know these women from Adam. Can we do a profile on some of them so we know who the fuck is going to be in these matches? Why am I going to watch these matches? I agree. At least give us, give us, and I know maybe they did it on their YouTube channel, and I appreciate that. At least tell us, hey, there's profiles of the women on the YouTube channel. To at least give us a hint, you know? Yeah, I, so I really agree with you. Yeah, they did, they did a, a six-minute uh, package with... Uh, Tony Schiavone saying who, who all the women were and breaking down the bracket, which they did similar, similarly. Uh, I could talk the English language, I swear. Uh, during the women's uh, tag team match, and at least this time around, they let us know that the shows for the Japanese part of this tournament are going to be on YouTube at seven o'clock on Monday, a lead-in to you know basically you know Monday night with Raw. I want to also thank. Uh, Jacob Anthony Moses and uh, Leon Thompson joining us in the chat. Our Wednesday programming on the uh, Life Group, the uh, Step Back, great basketball podcast. Uh, as Jay does the uh, the swoosh, um, it's uh, it's interesting to see how that gets done. I mean, you know, over the next couple of weeks as they lead into the Revolution pay per view, so you get the shot against Sheeta. Not, not only how do they how does this get done? How do they make people care? Yeah, nice. the stories they tell, and you know. Are we just going to have, you know, four matches in 60 minutes or 55 minutes? And then all of a sudden we go match, match, match. And then we don't know anything about these people. I mean, clearly they're, I mean, clearly with Thunder Rose's promo, I think they're, I think they're setting her up as possibly the winner of this, uh, but everybody says they're going to win and, and that doesn't always happen. But I think they're setting her up as, 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 as possibly the winner of this. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it will be interesting. And we'll talk more about it, you know, next week when we get a chance to see the presentation and how everything went with the Japanese matches. And if we see any stars, I mean, we've already seen, you know, some stuff online, you know, via Twitter on how everything's going to go. But uh, it will be interesting to see where they go with another thing that they did do. And the big story since the very first episode of AW Dynamite has been the Inner Circle. The very first show, we saw Sammy Guevara have the first match on TV versus Cody Rhodes doing the turn and by the end of the night he was part of the inner circle excuse me with um chris jericho and, you know santana and ortiz and we've joined with hager and everyone else you know wardlow 
and MJF. And over the last couple of weeks, we've had the story of MJF, if he can be trusted. And the story that ended last night's episode is Sammy Guevara has left the group. Once again, we have a young Hispanic star, maybe being a new baby face, getting into that Hispanic market. Jay, what do you think of Sammy Guevara with the heel, oh, sorry, the face turn? Do you think this is a face turn? Do you think this could lead to, you know, something where he was doing something with MJF from the beginning? Is this the beginning of, you know, MJF becoming the leader of the group? Where do you think this goes? I don't know, but I do know it's intriguing. Uh, so I know that there was some people who were not happy with like how they did the segment with MJF and Sammy, that the camera was back there, but MJF clearly was taping it. Um, and I know sometimes it gets a little funny in that way. And I, and I get that people might have a problem with it, but I don't know. I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed the fact that Sammy was like, you know what, this is bullshit. And you're, you know, I know what you're up to. And I mean, We've all know what MJF has been up to for several weeks, but that's how wrestling goes. But I think it's been a pretty well-crafted story. It has been a very long storyline, but I think it's been a pretty solidly well-crafted story. The, the idea of MJF, um, the, the, the group caving from within and MJF taking it over. Uh, and eventually probably Jericho uh, turning babyface along with Sammy Guevara, which I think is probably the big part of this. And then, they team up. Sammy gets the rub from Jericho, um, you know, and that's that's kind of probably how it goes. So, I think it's great for Sammy. I, I see no reason why he can't. I mean, unlike you know Jungle Boy, like he can talk, man. He he really is good on the mic, and he's a good looking guy. He's fantastic in the ring, and he hasn't. I feel like he, I haven't seen him wrestle much lately. I know they had that main event match or whatever, but um, you know he's terrific in the ring. Uh, I mean, at Corey, when's the last time he had a singles match, a long singles match? I feel like it's maybe Omega a while ago. It's been a while. But anyway, point is, he is tremendous in the ring, and he's good on the mic. And, yeah, I, I, I don't see why he couldn't be a gigantic – out of the Jungle Boys, out of the – you know, some of the guys that they really want to be stars. And, and MJF, I think, is already there. I think Guevara has a chance to be the biggest star of all those guys. Um, because he looks different, you know, he's a Latinx star, Latino, Hispanic, however you, you choose to say. Um, and he's got a level of charisma as a baby face. I think that has a chance to be pretty special. So we'll see how he develops over the line and, and, and how this all goes. But I think they've done a good job with the story. I rip AEW a lot, but I think they've done a really good job with this story. And I'm interested to see where it goes. I think Jericho played his part great where like MJF was obviously snickering in the back and Jericho was like, get out of here. Like, I don't want to talk to you because he's so upset that Guevara left. So um, where this goes, I think will be really interesting. And that's the problem, Corey. You talk about comparing NXT to AEW and this, 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 and that. These matches, they don't even have the title. We don't even know who's wrestling for the title. But you've got the Bullet Club and you've got Inner Circle. What happens with those groups? I mean, they could tell stories for months just based on those two things without even worrying about who's going for the titles. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting. Uh, we have, you can do a slow burn where you can go and just destroy these, these groups, you know, over months, or you can do one thing and these things could, you know, these groups could, you know, explode in one, one big show. So, I mean, they have options. And I like the fact they've done the slow build 
over weeks and weeks with the inner circle. And we still don't, and with, when it comes to the bullet club, there's still all of these pieces with, you know, the forbidden door. I love that term. I'm sorry. Uh, on where they're going to go. And if, you know, a Jay white, you know, who can come to America cause he's done, you know, some of the stuff with, um, new Japan strong and you have guys like Tama Tonga who could be here, you know, in quarantine and show up at, um, yeah, I think Tomatanga's his family still lives. I, I I don't think I think he's in Japan to do the shows, but right. I'm pretty sure his family. I think they live. They all live in Florida. You know, he's a former you know military guy. So I I don't think he Jay White's a little bit different because he's I think he's a single guy. But Tomatanga I think has a family. So I I mean Tomatanga might be here. I mean he might be in the United States. So um, but let's. Let's slowly let's 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 take some let's take our time with all that stuff. Absolutely. That, that's that's an all out main event, right? Some type of you know, GOD against the Bucks, Omega against Jay White, Kenta against you know, I mean we're talking about you know, and they could do, I mean, I know they did this pay-per-view back in the day, and I know it did not go great. But WCW did have an NWO pay per view back in the day, right? Where it was all NWO. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they sold out, yeah, NWO yeah, sold, sold out. And obviously, it's a different time, or whatever. If they did a show like that, Corey, that would be by far the highest selling pay per view they've ever done. Yeah. And, you know, Jackie Endy uh, wrote, slow burns make for the biggest uh, payoffs. And uh, Jake Anthony Moses, as we said before, of uh, the step back brought up an interesting point, which, uh, We'll talk about this for one second before we move on to our preview. Does AEW have a huge face that can carry the company? I think that's a very interesting point. I mean, I think as time goes along, Hangman Page or in a couple of years, you know, Darby Allen or, you know, an, a Jungle Boy. I think I may have said that twice there, but I think guys like hey, Jungle that. Boy, Jungle Boy has the personality of sandpaper. I I don't yeah, see I it. He also with, has the looks for the young female fans and everything. That's else. that's great, but Corey, you got to be able to talk, man. I mean, the and, and here's the thing too, and Jacob makes a good a good point. But we got to remember the that's elite, great. the Bullet Club. They're not. Damian Priest is older than all of them. Yeah. Right. He just got to Raw like yesterday, and he's older than all of them. Keith Lee is like the same age. They're in their mid thirties still. They have, I mean, we'll see with injuries and stuff like that. They should have plenty of years to figure it out. Now, Jericho obviously is super old, but beyond him, they have a pretty good collection of young guys. And then they have, you know, the quote unquote young veterans. John Moxley? Moxley could be there another 10 years easily. Like why couldn't he be there ten? Why couldn't he be there for ten years kicking ass? So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe we talk about like the you know trying to have a young face of AEW and stuff like that. I mean, we we don't think about Raw. Everyone on Raw is like fifty. I mean, it's it's crazy, right? Like everyone on Raw, everyone on Raw is our age. That's not a good sign. I woke up today and my back hurt, and I didn't do anything yesterday. <laughs> Right, like I'm, I'm just old now, and, and the fact that that's half the roster on Raw, and so I mean, the oldest guy on AW is Jericho, and I think after that, 
Maybe you got Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston who are older. Um, but man, they got a lot of young. Pac, I don't think is that old. Phoenix, I'm pretty sure is very young. And Pensa, I think they're in their maybe late 20s. I mean, they have a lot of young guys. They really, really do. Um, even compared to NXT, NXT's roster is much older um, than AEW. So I, they could really go any direction, but I'll give you a guy, and maybe this is super recency bias, Sammy Guevara. Uh, yeah, he could be. I mean, he could, he could talk. He has, uh, I mean, he has, good, you know, good-looking uh, young guy. I mean, you can only thing you could say is, you know, he's a little bit, he's a little smaller. So he I mean, small. He is small. And, you know, I mean, but, you know, he has, you know, the vlog on YouTube. He has the following there. I mean, he could be the young Latino or Latinx, you know, star. And I think that he goes and I think he can cross over as long as he can keep himself, you know, good with the um, and staying out of trouble with stuff that he did when he was younger. You know, and he's learned from his mistakes, you know, stuff with the Sasha Banks and everything else. I think, you know, you could have a star there. And like I said, you have other people there like the MJFs who couldn't be the, you know, the foils for him. That, that can work, you know? So, I mean, yeah. absolutely. But uh, Jay, as we run a little short on time, it's a great subject. Thank you, uh, Jacob, Anthony, uh, Moses for bringing that up. And you guys should definitely check out the Step Back with Leon every Wednesday. Uh, Jay, let's do a quick preview of this Sunday, uh, St. Valentine's Day. Jay, I guess you'll be spending it with uh, the missus, you know, watching highlights of uh, Ben Roethlisberger as he loses another playoff game to the Browns uh, during the day. But at night, you may watch a couple of minutes of the pay-per-view. What's your thoughts as we get in? You know, I usually say one to ten. What's your interest level in this show before we uh, take a little bit of a deep dive? Um, so, yeah, so a ten. I, I think this is maybe a nine and a half. I mean, this is a really, really good show on paper. Funny Valentine's story for you guys. Uh, for you guys who are listening or watching who are married or whatever with a girlfriend or with a boyfriend or whatever, you, whatever you're with. So, I, like, with the pandemic and everything, like, my dates that I'm looking at is like February 25th and March 12th because uh, maybe, yeah, I think March 12th because in, in March 25th, I get my second vaccine shot. And then March 12th, you're, you're fully vaccinated after 12 days. And that's when I'm going to go crazy. Right. So those are the days I'm looking at. Um, and so I have completely forgotten about about Valentine's day. Not one of my favorite things. My no. wife's a huge, my wife's a huge fan of it. You know, all good. And I know we're going long, but whatever. So she's, whatever, I'm working and she's eating lunch and she's like, what are we doing for Valentine's Day today? And I'm like, what? What do you mean? She's like, oh, you don't have any, you don't have anything planned? I was like, um, well, I'm, I'm thinking about some stuff right now. <laughs> she's like, I've had, I already have all these things that I'm thinking about. How do you have all these things that you're thinking about? So, yes, yeah, so I got myself in a little bit of trouble. And she goes, well, I may as well tell you this now and prepare you for Valentine's Day so that you don't come empty handed. Okay. And I, I did tell her the only reason why I remembered about Valentine's Day was because of fucking NXT. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't score too many too many points with with the wife there, but. She loves me anyway, and, and she she knows I'm a, I'm 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 a goofball who really loves and cares about her. But Valentine's Day is is it's just so funny. It's like completely with the pandemic and everything. It's like completely off my radar. So I don't know what I'll be doing Valentine's Day. I might be watching the show on Monday. So we we will see. 
So, so you and Troy the dog will be chilling out on the couch as uh, <laughs> as the business goes and says, "I love you, I love you not, I love you, I love you not." Uh, so NXT Takeover Vengeance Day. Uh, we have Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Final, which we finally found out at the very end that the winner will be getting a shot at the uh, tag team titles from the main roster. Please, please win. Whoever wins that match, please win. Oh, and don't get hurt. A combination of Sashi throwing her body all around and um, uh, Nia Jax, who can't do a, a choke slam. Oh, boy. So, Ember Moon and Sashi Blackheart versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I think the heels uh, win this. I think it's going to be Dakota and Raquel getting uh, a chance for Raquel uh, to be on all of the shows. Give her a little bit of uh, shine. But I could see how you want Ember Moon back on the main roster. But I'm, I'm going to go with the heels on this. What do you think? Um, we spoke a little bit about this pre, pre-show. Um, with the stuff they've done with Sashi, they put her in a match with Io, which she really looked good. They spotlighted her in that Halloween Havoc segment. Uh, I'm also a huge Sashi fan. Um, I, I think they want to really push her as that kind of um, next baby face, um, that baby face right behind Io Shirai. Uh, so I think Ember Moon and Sashi are going to win the match. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very interesting choice, and I don't think you... I don't think you're, you're wrong. Uh, MSK, uh, Nash Carter, and Wes Lee, the uh, former Rascals versus the Grizzly Young Veterans. Uh, no, no, no. Tra- no, no. The Grizzled Young Veterans. Go ahead. Thank you, Mr. McMahon. Um, the, grizzled, sorry, the Grizzled Young Veterans uh, were in this the finals last year. Do they finally get the win, or does MSK make it all the way after debuting basically less than a month ago? I think it's time for the for Grizzled Young Veterans um, to win. I think MSK has been put over enough that if they lose, it's fine. Uh, and um, then what you do is you start highlighting their personality, uh, and then you can set them up as the next challengers from whoever wins with Grizzled Young Veterans and Danny Burch and Only Larkin. I, I can't – I mean, Danny Burch and Only Larkin, have they had a – I mean, when's the last time they had a title match? It's been forever. I mean, they are the most nothing champions. <laughs> They're the most nothing tag team champions I feel like they've ever had on that show. Um, so, so yeah. But I'm sure they would have a good match if they gave them some time. But, yeah, I think Rizzo Young Veterans win the match. But, I mean, it, it can obviously go either way. If MSK won, it wouldn't be like, oh, my God, that's a disaster. But I think Rizzo Young Veterans take it. Yeah, and like I said, I think both of these matches on paper should be really good. Uh, we've got a match that I think has been built pretty well. I mean, I would have, I haven't loved, I mean, I, I think that Johnny Organo has been very good in the comedy, but I wish that because I love Kushida so much that the comedy wasn't as prevalent, but Kushida finally getting a shot at, a, at another title versus the champion Johnny Gargano with the way. I'm going to say we get a title change here. Kushida finally wins uh WWE gold. Do you agree with me or does the way keep the title and Dexter Loomis, you know, gets the next title shot? Yeah, I think Organo wins. Um, They flip flop the title a little bit too much um, regardless. So I think, I think Organo wins Um, and and I'm okay with that. I I just need Kashida around. 
he doesn't need to win a title, but he needs to not not be on the show for months. Um, so they're clearly booking him. They're clearly giving him a push. They're making him look like a badass. Um, so yeah, I think he'll be from here on out like, a pretty big part of the show moving forward. Um, yeah, so I, I I see it being a I'm very 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 much looking forward to them. I mean, I'm looking forward to all these matches, but I'm very excited about that match. But I think Gargano wins. And because I have a huge ego and Jay is almost as big as mine, we're going to stop the preview for a second because I like praise. Brian Drake from uh, the Football Hustle, Fantasy Hustle podcast said, uh, love the show, fellas. So I'm just, I'm stopping the show just to take praise. Definitely check out Brian Drake every week. Uh, so we have the three-way for the uh, women's title with the best, most likely female wrestler in the world, uh, Io Shirai versus Tony Storm versus Mercedes Martinez getting out of uh, retribution, which, you know, I'm sure everyone else in that group wishes they could. I mean, I mean, she was in there for two weeks and she's like, get me the fuck out of here. This is awful. And you know, I, I'm going to give the WWE credit. She, I mean, I don't know why me and Yim didn't, didn't leave. Um, but Mercedes Martinez left, but, and she didn't get heat for it. She went right back to NXT and she's going to get a push and she'll probably be on SmackDown at the end of the year or, or whatever. And she'll get a push. I mean, she's a badass woman. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for her. And I'm happy that WWE didn't try to bury her. Um, like they have like, you know, Alistair Black and people like that. Uh, so where do you see this going? I mean, I think that EO keeps the title and then most likely loses it at Mania because it looks like a lot of, because it doesn't look like, and we could talk about this in weeks to come, but it really doesn't look like we're going to get a takeover WrestleMania weekend, so I can see all of the major titles, which I guess is all the titles in NXT, being defended over the two days. So I can see, you know, Tony Storm or Mercedes or Raquel getting that title WrestleMania weekend. So I, I kind of see uh, Io Shirai keeping the title just due to that fact. If it wasn't for that, I can see Tony Storm or Mercedes winning the title on Sunday. But with that fact, I think that Io keeps the title for a little bit longer. The next NXT Women's Champion is going to be Raquel Gonzalez. So I think EO wins and then loses that mania to Raquel Gonzalez. If they, whatever their next big show is. Um, so that that's my prediction. I think that's where they're, where they're going to go. Um, and I think EO wins this and, and that's kind of where they go after that. They do have to figure it out though. They have a lot of heels. You know, when I was talking about Sashi, Blackheart and, you know, Ember Moon, I mean, they have two baby faces. We got Tony Storm, Mercedes Martinez, um, you know, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, you know, they got a lot of, a lot of heels and some of their baby faces like Kay, uh, Ken Zaro and Jaden and Kaden Carter, you know, they're still more, they're, they're not, they're not up there. And then Aliyah and what they shouldn't count, but you know, and I forgot about Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. So they have a lot of heels. They need to figure out what to do with some of these baby faces. So maybe we see a turn from someone at some point, but I do expect Io Shirai to, to win the match. Yeah, I think that's I, – I agree. Um, so our final match, and it's really stacked, as always, NXT card, is for your NXT title. It is Finn Balor versus the uh, – most likely the best British wrestler not named Walter and Pete Dunne. Where do you see this going? I, I'd love to say that – Pete Dunne gets the title, but I think that, you're, once again, WrestleMania weekend, you're going to have uh, 
Finn Balor, your big star, you know, in a big time match. So I think Finn Balor keeps the title. Um, okay, uh, Drake, uh, our, our buddy, um, Fantasy Football Hustle, he's got merch now. So, uh, so, so check him out, uh, Brian Drake, and uh, we'll get a, we'll get his Twitter handle. Maybe Corey can look that up while I talk about this match. But yeah, fantasy football hustle, and his stuff looks good. The merch looks good. Usually, I would say, eh, don't, don't buy his merch. It looks like shit. His stuff looks good. So check it out. The hoodies, things like that. Um, okay, so his, his, his comment. I think NXT needs some new faces that are consistent, or, or needs some faces that are consistent. Uh, I kind of like Ballard down there. I agree with him. Moon going back also was a good idea. Absolutely. Not everyone needs to go up to the main roster. Lord knows if you aren't 40, you aren't getting the strap. <laughs> um, uh, and this is him as well. NXT has a major issue. Everyone looks the same. All the characters are these dark cage fighting tat Viking goth guys and gals and girls who are Asian. <laughs> and he's a uh, Drake fantasy on Twitter. I agree. I, I agree. NXT does have a, a big problem. Um, a lot of the guys are smaller um, other than a few guys. Uh, not a lot of different looking characters. You know, I think that's one thing that stood out about Keith Lee. He was this big dude who could fly around the ring um, and they've lost some of that. I mean, look at Dijak. I mean, them losing Dijak was a big deal, Corey. I mean, he would be in, he'd be in the, on this show, fighting in one of these matches. Losing Dijak is a really, really big deal. So, um, so yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, no, and, I, I agree. Yeah. So, so as far as who's going to win this match, I, 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 I'm going to say what I said for the Io Shirai match. The next NXT champion, as much as I, I don't get it, is going to be Karrion Cross. Uh, so I think Balor wins, and I think Karen Cross um, uh, wins at whatever if they do a WrestleMania, whatever that takeover is. All right, so you know what? I agree with you. So I'm going to give you a bonus. It's not on this week's show, but it's on next week's show. Duh, we all know Karen Cross is more than likely going to win the match against Escobar. Is it a squash, or does Escobar actually have a chance to look good? And it's no, gonna- they've got to make Escobar look good. I mean, NXT does do a good job with certain things, right? Like, he's only really killed jobbers and he killed Ciampa the one time because they wanted to establish him. So I think it's a good match. A very weird heel versus heel match, but I actually kind of like it. Um, Yeah, no, I I think it'll be a good match. Um, I think it'll be really interesting because... You know, they had the, the the Keith Lee match where he won the title, and I thought the match was okay. Went against Damian Priest. I thought that match was better. But now, I mean, Santos Escobar is better than both of those guys. And I love Keith Lee, and I love Damian Priest, but he, Santos Escobar is a better pro wrestler than them. What? How, I wonder how Karen Cross is going to look here. You know, I wonder how he's going to look and what he's going to do. And, um, you know, it, you know, because... I have just, I am just not, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced, but maybe others are. Um, so uh, we are, and Corey, what, what's your take on that before I, I talk about the great uh, Life Group podcasts? Um, I'm, I'm hoping you're right. It just feels like everything that's been going on, that all of that everything's building to Escobar being the cocky heel who gets his comeuppance and basically 
is going to be, get killed in this match. I mean, I really do hope that they let Escobar get a little bit in, but I kind of think Escobar is going to get his comeuppance and it's going to be ugly. I think Karrion Cross is going to make a statement and this is going to be the start of the build of him taking out a, taking out a champion and it's going to be the start of him saying, I took out a cocky champion. The next champion I take out is a guy who, who took my belt that I never lost. And this will be the build of him going towards Finn Balor. I think that's what this is going to be. And it's, you know, it's, I think it could be ugly. I think this, I hope he gets in a little bit of offense, but I do not see a, I don't see this being competitive and I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong too. I, I the reason why I think it'll be long is because it's a TV show and you need to extend these matches. <laughs> so I think that's all, you know, one of the only reasons why, but all right, we're part of the great uh, life group podcast podcast network. Are we a network officially? I guess you can call us a network. Uh, we've got Dong City uh, on Monday, baseball podcast. Baseball starting. Uh, Corey and I are in the 16-team crazy fantasy league, and we just got word that the league is going to continue yeah. under very interesting rules. I, I don't. My team is pretty shitty, so I might have to listen to Dong City to get some advice. Yeah, your, your team is horrible. Yeah, um, <laughs> Tuesday, we've got the Audible. I mean, I don't know who's going to get traded. We got Wentz. We got uh, Watson. We got Sam Darnold. It's crazy. Apparently, uh, no, is unhappy. Is there no, 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 no. He's not. He's not unhappy. First of all, if the Seahawks trade him, and I know this is aggressive, and we go along, the Seahawks trade him, they should disband the franchise. Yeah. Just sell the team and move, and just disband the franchise. Get get out of here. Uh, we got the step back. I'm, I'm more into the NBA than I have been in a long time, and the games have been competitive and good. And why the fuck is not anyone talking about Utah? and Donovan Mitchell for MVP. I may have a couple of bucks on him for to win MVP, but they have been spectacular. Uh, of course, you've got uh, Work Shoot Wrestling podcast on Thursdays, and you've got Total Bases, another baseball podcast um, on Sundays. So, yeah, some great shows to listen to. Um, you could just you know go to Facebook, plug in your headphones, listen to these guys talk. You can be interactive with the show, too, and throw comments in. So... Yeah, um, uh, listen to the shows. They are tremendous. Absolutely. And of course, as we said before, check out our buddy Brian Drake at Drake Fantasy. You know, they keep you up with the latest in fantasy football, let you know, I'm sure, about the early stuff with when it comes to the guys in the draft you should be looking at. In uh, Travis, Travis Etienne. Year when it comes to fantasy football. Travis Etienne. Everyone, Travis Etienne is going to be the dude. Monster. He is going to be the next Alvin Kamara. You heard it here first. Very cool. And uh, I know he hasn't been on in a while, but our buddy, former guest on the show, Christopher Morin, has been plugging us on his podcast weekly. So definitely check out the Morin's Law podcast. You can check him out on Twitter at Morin's underscore law. He kind of uh, gave me a little bit of crap for uh, not plugging, so I'm going to be nice for a change. But uh, Jay... <laughs> I always like to see if Jay crack every once in a while. But there is another podcast that we talk about occasionally, apparently, our sister podcast. Do you remember the name of it? I'm kind of drawing a blank. You don't know Jackie. You don't know Jackie, the comedy podcast. Uh, Jackie Andy, Jackie Rachel, Jackie Corey. Uh, it is a, it is a, yeah, I throw you in there. Uh, great comedy podcast, guys. Uh, please take a listen. And Corey will give us a little preview. Corey, what's what's a, what's the next? You don't know Jackie podcast going to entail? 
Well, uh, this past week, we uh, spoke about a little bit about that guy, Arnie Hammer, with his cannibalism. So uh, then coming up, I believe we're doing a little bit, a little fun game of... Uh, There's nothing funny about cannibalism, Corey. It's horrible. That's Ben Campbell. Well, we're doing a little fun game, if I can edit it in time, based on the year you were born, the uh, celebrities. Um, you basically put a movie together. So I'm 1978, because I'm an old son of a bitch. Put the actors, uh, musicians, you put together a movie idea. Who's going to sing, sing it? Like, I was born in 1978, so John Legend be doing uh, the music for mine. I forgot who the actors were, but... John Legend? Oh, so for the person who was born in that same year. Yes. Oh, I thought it was for the person who was popular in that year. No, no. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> one conversation. So, you know, uh, maybe one year we'll do, like, 1979, your year. Because, you know, you're just a little bit, little, little younger than I am. You're still an old why, are you, why are you throwing out birthdays for? Why? I don't, people don't need to know my age. I said old. Old is the classification. People don't need to know. I, I, I still look young. I look good. Although I left my razor in Arkansas. And so I have not shaved in weeks. And f- my wife is not happy. Because uh, she's like, you, need to, you don't need to shave the beard. But you need to at least make it look like you like give a shit. And and that's why I also have my beanie because I haven't gotten a haircut in I mean, two months because of the pandemic. I haven't so gotten I, a haircut in eleven months. So. so I just look like a complete mess. Um, but anyway, I digress. But yeah, so it was a fun time, and we did one also on uh, 1985 and 1995. Our two other co-hosts and uh, someone was born in 1995. Jesus. Yeah, Jackie, uh, uh, Jackie Rachel is uh, a. <clears throat> the young end of the group so you know the people on that one were you know a bunch of youtube stars and uh, megan the stallion and it's uh it could be interesting on it who's uh who's from that time period but uh, it's an entertaining time those will be out in the next couple of weeks and of course as i said if we can get everyone the same place at the same time we're still going to do the uh, david arquette episode which uh we're hoping to get done and i think coming up we might be doing an episode on the recent documentary that came out from the new york times uh, framing of uh, Britney Spears, which has been in the news lately on, uh, I guess, her case with her father, with, uh, I guess, you know, basically her being able to live her own life. Um, Let me live my own life, Dad. Don't take all my money. Yeah, something like that. But I heard through the grapevine we might be doing something on that. So I actually watched that documentary on who Actually, wasn't that bad. Um, but, Jay, I think we talked about a lot of interesting things this week. Um I think the final word, as always, can be yours. So uh, how about you uh, tell us uh, your final thoughts and prayers and all that other fun stuff. <laughs> no final thoughts and prayers. Stay safe. Wear your mask. I think we're done here. See ya.